Hello, and welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from others on our walk. My name is Paul Long, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad that you're able to join me today on Our Walk Together. Welcome, everybody, to our walk together. Uh, I'm glad you found some time to to spend with us today. Um, hopefully, you'll you'll learn a few things. Hopefully, maybe you can grow a little bit from the things we're going to talk about. Um, and so, I'm I'm really glad you're you're here uh, today. I have a guest that personally I find really exciting to have on the podcast. Um, the 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 guest that I have today has had quite an interesting life. Um, lots of areas of, of his life where, you know, he's, he's had the, the really low periods in his life, the really high periods in his life. Um, and most of that, I'm going to let him, him talk about. Um, and so, um, rather than go through a long, long introduction, I'm going to use something that, uh, Don wrote. Um, and it's, it's part of, of his book, which you'll hear about as, as we go along here. And it's it's a it's a note that he wrote in the very uh, introduction of the of the book, and in it he says to to you the reader, and I'm going to add to that to you who are listening uh, to today's podcast um, because I think it gives us a really good place to start. And Don says, I don't know who you are, but I pray for you daily. Truly, I do. I pray for those who will read my story and or hear my story and will somehow be inspired. I hope you will not be too harsh with your judgment or perception of me. Please keep in mind, I have a past, but the past doesn't have me. And please keep me in your daily prayers. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, and all those who are listening to this podcast, I'd like you to meet, and I'd like to welcome Don Montero to our podcast today. Good afternoon, Paul. And again, thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor and a privilege. Oh, it's a it's an iron privilege for me too. Um, the uh, just so people know, the title of the book that we're going to be talking about is Don's book, which is which is from from felon to secular Franciscan. So that kind of gives you an idea where we're going to go with things here. So I'm going to let Don do most of the talking um, and share with us uh, the things that he'd like to share uh, about you know his past and you know, where things go. And then we'll do some some chatting back and forth after that. So, Don, uh, I'm giving you the floor. Um, <laughs> let us know what you want us to know. Well, Paul, the book was an inspiration I've had for a long, long time. Uh, I think while I was incarcerated, I, I talked to and I shared my experiences while incarcerated with other inmates. Uh, what I have been through, what jail was like, so on and so forth, uh, some of the pitfalls to avoid, so on and so forth, just to make sure that when I when I walked in, I wanted to walk out. And I, and, I, and by the contrast, I didn't want to walk out the same person that I was when I walked in, if you get my, mm -hmm. if you get my yeah. meaning. 
So uh, oh, periodically over, over the almost 30 years I was incarcerated, wow. all total, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you should write a book. Darn it. You know, I, 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 I always had a, a point for writing. Uh, <laughs> back when I was in grammar school, I wrote a nice essay on the Star Spangled Banner, for instance. My teacher held that up as how an essay should be wrote, written. So, like, getting back to, the, to my point is that uh, you should write a book. And then when I got, when I was released uh, almost 20 years ago, I've been out 20 years, uh, I, I, I introduced to the fr- fr- uh, second Franciscan uh, way of life. And that's another story we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bob Stronach and Mary, Mary and Bob Stronach mentioned about, hey, you know, you, you had a story to tell. Why don't you put it in paper, put it on paper? And over a period of, oh, I would say almost a couple of years, we, I submitted stuff, edited it, resubmitted it, so on and so forth. And uh, what you see or what you're reading is the, my, my story. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it, 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 what I, th- what people ask me what my book is about, I mentioned the, the, the four R's, repentance, reconciliation, redemption, and re- renewal. Uh, I, when I first went to prison, Paul, I was somewhat like an atheist. I, I, I come from a, a large family, uh, a Catholic family. And I didn't always, I always went to church, made my first communion, made my confirmation, but I felt distant from God. My childhood was uh, turbulent, violent. Uh, a stepfather who would beat me, uh, beat me so bad I went to the hospital. Uh, a stepfather who didn't really, he didn't love me, but I come to realize he didn't know how. Uh, I have a mom who, uh, I saw. I, I grew up to hate. Uh, I, I was her. I thought I, 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 I protected her. My stepfather didn't like her side of the family, and whenever they came over, or he even suspected they came over, uh, I defended her, saying, "Oh, they weren't here," and he beat us anyways. <laughs> my mom, but my mom turned on me uh, by giving. She she inflicted beatings on me, hmm. uh, and the most severe beating I got from her was she hit me upside the head with a glass ashtray and I'm seven, eight years old, Paul, for no apparent reason. No reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, I went to the hospital, got the glass out of my head, got the sutures, but I I, for for, for almost 40 years, over 40 years, I held that against you. Why? How could a seven-year-old do to, 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 uh, to be punished that way? What did, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, I, it was beyond me. My stepfather beat me so bad one time, my chest, parts of my chest, my shoulders, my arms, my back, and my neck were black and blue. Oh, wow. Uh, and I, of course, this was during the warm months. I had to wear a long sleeve shirt. I had to button up to the, all the way to the top of the collar. But you still saw some of the bruises coming out from underneath the shirt. That's what my childhood was basically like. And that's like, that's not even a tip of the iceberg, Paul. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to deal with life on life's terms. Uh, I, I was violent. Of course, what do they call that? I'm repeat. I'm, 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 I'm recycling it. <laughs> I'm right. doing the same thing that I, I was brought up. A child learns what he lives with. And that's all I knew, Paul. So as, as I grew up, 
I, I got I, I I escalated. My violence escalated. I I, I felt good about it. I felt powerful. Uh, bullies were li- at a time when bullies chased me. I was chasing the bullies now. Mm. Uh, I set cars on fire. Paul, I, I committed crimes. Uh, some I never got caught for, but others, of course, I went to prison for. Uh, Paul, I used to break in people's house when they were there. That's how daring I was. I, 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 I was, that's, that was me. Uh, I didn't get along with people. Uh, I wasn't the kind of guy you took home to mama. <laughs> hey, you know, I was the kind of kid that you took home to anybody. Just leave me the alone. Uh, then later on, and then I, I got into this thing of self-pity. Oh, bulls me, poor me, nobody loves me. It was no wonder. <laughs> Before I let anybody get close to me, I pushed them away. And so I, I grew up, uh, what do you call that, uh, introverted. I, I, I didn't want nothing to do with anybody. And to really sum it up, uh, do you remember Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Am an Island, their yes. song. Yep. That was my Bible, Paul. Okay. That was my Bible. A rock feels no pain and an island never cries. Outwardly. I cried inside. I saw pity. Mm-hmm. And going to prison, uh, this might sound strange, but it was a blessing. Hmm. Uh, I, I learned a lot about myself. Like I said, when I went in, I didn't want to be the person, the same person coming out. So I took it to, I took it to myself to try to understand what was going on in my life. I, I was like a whirlwind of, of, of emotions inside me. Uh, an uneasy, uh, uneasiness. Uh, 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 I still went to explode. I wanted to, I, I just wasn't done yet. And I remember going through, uh, in, in this one facility I was in, uh, I, I used to run a lot. I used to stay in shape, exercise and all that. Of course, I had plenty of time to do that. But as I was going around the circuit one day, in, in my job, uh, an inmate came up to me. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. He goes, Hey, uh, we got this program called REC, Residence Encounter Christ. Hmm. You might be interested in going. Um, what the heck? I said, uh, what is it about? You find out when you get there. Hmm. And basically what it was, it was a three-day retreat in the prison. Volunteers from outside came in, and uh, they talked about prayer, uh, God, Jesus, you know, the whole shaman. And I... What really touched me was this one a volunteer's witness talk about his 12-year-old daughter who died. Hmm. And I was moved. I don't know. I just moved. And I remember the peace he had. I didn't see him welling up with tears. I didn't see, I, I, I didn't see him getting angry. I didn't see him letting the fetch his head off. <laughs> but when I, as I sat there and I'm saying to myself, gosh. What I did to get here, I deserved. I deserved to be in prison. But when I listen to his story, I go, wow, I want what that he I want what he has. And I remember someone telling me later on, if you want what he has, you have to do what he's doing. I go, what does that mean? 
you'll find out. So while I was at this facility, this correctional facility, I went to four wrecks, four four wreck weekends. When it finally occurred to me, if I want what he wants, if I want what he has, I got to do what he wants. And that was accepting Jesus. Accepting as my Lord and Savior. Accepting that I, I, I'm, I'm in a place where I belong, but I'm also in a place where I can make some serious positive changes. Well, I was transferred from that facility to another facility. That was my, the way I did things. I broke my time up. Four okay. years here, six years there. So I, when I got to this other facility, they didn't have a rec program there. And I said, gosh, I missed it. Really? I couldn't believe I said that myself. Huh. You miss it. And then I, I tried to make ends meet. And in a sense that I started reaching out to people, which was not about, like I said earlier, I pushed people away. Here I am now reaching out to people. Hmm. Well, it wasn't until later on, but almost better than halfway through my 25-year-old 25 25 year uh, bid, that I came across a group called Corpus Christi. <laughs> they were out of Rochester. Uh, Corpus Christi and Cephas, that's how the, the name they were going under at the time. And, and I mentioned in the book, uh, Sister Marge and Jim Smith. They were like a hot knife going through butter. I enrolled in the program and I made some serious changes while I was there. In the beginning of the program, I was there for almost a year and Jim Smith, uh, he looked at me, he goes, you know, we don't come in here to die. We come in here to live. If you're not going to do the work, if you're going to sit there, there's the door. Don't bother coming back. And I looked at him. I said, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, you, know, you little punk. You know, <laughs> it, it, no, I did. I, I, you know, I, like I, said, I was a workout person. Yeah. Uh, I, I do push-ups and all that other stuff that you, you hear about. But I went home that, that, that morning or that afternoon, and I cried, Paul. I was wrestling with what Jim had told me. And for the first time, I got in touch, and, and I said to myself, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop. And as soon as I said that, my, the tears and, and that, 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 the, those crocodile tears just dried up. Well, the next, and this was a, a every week program, every Friday. I went back the next Friday, and I told Jim Smith and Sister Marge, I want to live. Sister Marge told me then, when you come in here, bring a wheelbarrow. When you leave out of here, don't let your wheelbarrow be empty. Oh, wow. I was with Corpus Christi for the next seven years, Paul. Oh, wow. I worked on my life. Uh, going back to the, the, what I call the ashtray incident, I was told... I had to go through a forgiveness thing. It was a three-prong approach. One, I had to forgive others. Two, I had to ask others to forgive me. And the hardest part was forgiving myself. So with the ashtray incident, I had a, I was encouraged to write a letter to my mom asking her to forgive me for all the, all the pain and humiliation I've caused with my coming in and out of prison all these years. Paul, the letter I received from her, uh, 
blew me away. In the letter, she tell she she mentions, you have asked me to forgive you when it is I who need your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And she said, and regarding the ashtray incident, I don't remember. And all and the thing about that point, like I said, for 40 years I held that in. For 40 years I hated her. But you know something, Paul? She's been telling me that for the last 40 something years. She didn't remember. And I'm saying I'm sitting on my bunk. I, I tears were welling up. Tears not not of self-pity anymore. Tears were welling up. Ugh. I felt like a, a burden had been lifted. I had a look. I was sitting in my bunk, and I go, I thought I was levitating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so light, Paul. I felt so light. And there I was, forgiving my mom, and in exchange, forgiving me. Now, regarding my stepdad, they told me, because that, that was hard, too. They told me, if you have to forgive him, because what, 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 what I was going through at the time, just to back up for a second, was that I can remember episodes going back to when I was three years old, Paul, where he was giving me a, 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 a beating. I had to I, I forgive him for everything, a blanket forgiveness. And the way they told me, Sister Marge and Jim Smith, uh, do you want to be forgiven piece by piece? Or do you want a blanket forgiveness? I go, just forgive me the whole thing. Let's get it over with. Then do the same thing for your stepfather. And remember one thing, and this is the whole group now. We had like 12 other inmates in the room with me. Remember this. If, if you, you Forgive him whenever these thoughts come up into your head. If you have to forgive him a thousand times a day, forgive him. But remember one thing. If you have to do it just once, you haven't really forgiven him. Boom. I go, wow. To this day, Paul, and this was 19, uh, the last time I saw Jim Smith and Sister Marge, 1995, 96, I haven't had to forgive my stepfather, and I owe it, not once. I had the, the memories, and this, here's, a, here's a thing that, that dawned on me too. You heard the adage, forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. What, what, it, what it plays a part in my life is that I'll never forget what happened, but I remember it differently. And therein is the forgive and forget. I remember that ashtray incident. I can still see my mom coming by with, that, with, with the ashtray in her hand. Do I hate her? Do I forgive her? Yes. My stepfather? Yes. But Sister Marge, <laughs> she was, like I said, she, she was awesome. I, I, I would sit there, and she sat next to me in this one session, and women didn't, you didn't touch her, you didn't touch these inmates. <laughs> she reached over, she reached over and pinched my pant leg, and she goes, who is doing the time? You or your stepdad? Now, at this time, my stepdad had already passed. She goes, uh, so what's, who's doing the time now? He's dead. He's in the grave. And here you are doing life on the installment plan. 
oh gosh, uh, I don't need that. But it took another seven years in this program for me, for that realization, for that to be to really take hold in my life. And I, uh, I called Jim Smith now and then. I'm, I'm in touch with him. Just mm-hmm. emerged retired. She's a little bit uh, not as active as she was. I, I can't really get a hold of her, and that she wants her privacy. But Jim Smith and I, I, uh, I thank him. He bought my book, <laughs> uh, and I just I'm so grateful for those two. Ever for grateful for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there on, I, I I carried myself differently. I had inmates notice. Uh, I didn't really notice, but they did. The change of, uh, of that was coming over me. And, I, and I'm and i telling you, Jim, or I mean, Paul, that it wasn't an overnight thing. Uh, even after I left uh, the program, because I was transferred to another facility, uh, the pro- I was still what you call a whip, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I still had things that I had to deal with. I still under uh, uh, other... Where am myself now? Uh, forgiving myself was hard. The guilt. I couldn't joke with somebody. I couldn't smile. Because that what I had done kept wouldn't let the guilt wouldn't let let go. I wouldn't let go. No, it wasn't the guilt wouldn't let me go. I wouldn't let go of the guilt. <laughs> yeah. So I finally was able to understand I had to let go. And just not let go and take it back, but let go let go mm-hmm. and that it took it took uh, it took a few more years for that to, to happen and as i moved on through my time uh i kept that as a reference i kept because like i said forgiving my stuff out the, uh, a thousand times a day that took that that went over a period of uh, a year or so but i still worked on it it wasn't a thousand anymore 900 <laughs> 700. <laughs> so it's it, it, great. Like since 1996, I haven't had to. My mom either. Mm. But anyways, I, I came across another program. And for me, if I, when I look back on it, these programs that I involved in were like, from, from the Holy Spirit, were like stepping stones to my betterment. Mm-hmm. And I, I came across a program called Kairos. Kairos Prison Ministry, which I'm a part of today, 20 years now. Uh, they held a they held a weekend. What was special about Kairos is that they had a forgiveness ceremony, and that to me was the the, uh, the icing on the cake. In the program, you're there for three days, three and a half days, and the, the forgiveness ceremony. They had a you wrote down on the paper on one side uh, who you needed to forgive. Then you wrote. Uh, who do you need to ask forgiveness from? And then you you held that you held that you held out to that overnight. <laughs> you had a lot to think about and pray about. Well, the next day when you came back with your little slip, you put it in this bowl and you put it on fire. And when and they're telling you as that dissolves, so that that whatever feeling you had behind it, whatever emotion, whatever misconception you had. It goes with the, it goes with those it goes in it goes up in smoke. Mm-hmm. After the forgiveness ceremony, we had what they call a, a, a smoke break. It was in the winter, 
And I'm walking along the, uh, the outside of the, uh, the on, on the compound booth within the perimeter of the fence. And uh, as I'm walking up towards the fence, I don't know what propelled me that way. All of a sudden, I see this uh, this civilian out there with a little toddler on his shoulders. And it's almost like someone hit a light switch. The, they had candles, and all of a sudden, all the candles were lit. I go, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? And so I'm walking along, and they start singing. I go, oh, my gosh. And as I'm walking along, I hear my name fall. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm thinking I have an epiphany. I'm <laughs> like, no, I did, Paul. I'm, I'm looking up. I go, oh, Lord, what? And I'm, I feel like I'm Samuel. So I'm walking along, and I hear my... I hear, I hear my name again. Oh, my gosh. Where, where's it coming from? I heard it a third time, Paul. Just like in the book of Samuel. Oh, my gosh. And it, there's something told me to look to my left. Through the fence. And like the, like the Red Sea being parted, the crowd that was there moved away. And there's my wife. Hmm. With her two or three of her friends. I was, I ran and grabbed another inmate, and I said, Duck, you, you, get, you got to see this. You got to see this. He goes, you know, you almost took my arm out of, you, you almost uh, uh, dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> I, I, so I pulled him all the way over. I mean, kick, you know, I pulled him all the way over. And, go, and I was crying. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I go, look who's here. Look who's here. He goes, who is it? <laughs> he didn't know. I go, my wife. He goes, oh, my gosh. So that Kairos weekend, it just, uh, like I said, it was icy down the cake. Uh, mm -hmm. When I came out, 03, I knew I wanted to be part of Kairos. Uh, and I still am today, 20 years later. Mm -hmm. So it sounds so like, oh, it, it, it's, it, it sounds like that throughout the the time that you were incarcerated um though maybe you didn't realize it at the time but throughout that whole time god was really working in your life um and showing things little by little by little which sometimes we think god isn't working until we start looking back and say oh yeah now i remember that's why this happened and that kind of thing i, I yeah i i felt i felt that too in, in a sense but what kept getting away was my past. The unforgiveness was still there. The resentment, the animosity, and what I what I what what, what I was able to understand, and this goes back to the, uh, uh, to Corpus Christi and Sister March and Jim Smith, was understanding my emotion. Because when Sister March took me back to that ashtray incident, she asked me, "What are what did you feel?" You know. Uh, after you after you've served your time and got um, released from from prison, somehow or other, you came across or found the uh, secular Franciscan order, um, yes. which is uh, so it always sounds very strange from your background to to find yourself uh, with with the secular Franciscans. How did that come about? What what happened there? The role the early years, without the entire uh, 
tenure of my incarceration, I felt the need to make peace with God. Uh, I can remember corresponding with a Mormon. They were going to help me. Uh, in the prison system itself, I got involved with the seven-day Adventists. Uh, when I was out for a short period, uh, I went over to the Christian Science. Five minutes, Paul. Five minutes. I'm out of here. <laughs> Oof, that was rough. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, I forgot who else there was. Oh, while incarcerated, I became Muslim. I went to Islam. What, what brought me back to my Catholic faith and then from there to secular Franciscan was that all these other denominations and all these other religions, there was no uh, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I drifted back to, 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 my, to, to being a Catholic, to Catholicism. What I missed was that sacrament of reconciliation. I missed being able to relieve myself of my burden. I missed being able to, to tell God, look, I'm sorry. I mean, I, 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 I know I'm screwed up. If you just take me back, if you get, you know, just help me with this. And as I, as I, as I, as I moved along, uh, I went online and uh, I got a hold, uh, did some, some research of fraternities in the area. And we, got, we saw a thing online about it. Uh, they were holding a joint meeting over in Tondawanda at St. Francis of Assisi, I think it was, uh, church. And, uh, well, anyways, we ended up going there. And if, <laughs> the, strange things, the strange thing there, Paul, was that each facility thought we were the guests of the other. <laughs> so, like, uh, who are you with? We're with nobody, but we're, <laughs> we wanted to be here. So what happened is that when they had a regular house, uh, our fraternity in with now, St. Thomas More, uh, they, we were at the time we were meeting in people's houses every week. And that's something I needed because it, it kept alive the weekly, the weekly meet, the week meetings that I was doing inside. So, uh, when I showed up for the first meeting, uh, I was asked like, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, I thought, um, we tried this out. So meeting was actually held in cold in New York. I remember the area. And as I'm going, as we're traveling to, 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 to the meeting, uh, a member that was sitting behind me asked certain things about my past. And I wasn't forthcoming as I should. As we're getting near our, uh, to the home that we're going to hold this meeting in, I had the Spirit talk to me. You don't have to lie. So when we, we got in the meeting, <clears throat> we did the uh, liturgy of the hours, and then it was time for sharing. And I said, well, well, Lord, <laughs> here we go. And I laid it out to him. Now, over the years, I've always been one to wait, waiting for the other shoe to fall. So I'm sitting there. I've related my story. Those slight pause, and the next member, the next uh, sister, she said, that's going to be a hard act to follow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm ready. I'm, actually, I'm getting ready for them to tell me, uh, maybe you would like to join this other fraternity. Maybe you like, <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe they're going to say, you know, try something else. This, that, this that may not be for you. They didn't. 
We did another formation for two years. We are professed, and the numbers are the numbers are terrific, Paul. 07, 07, 20, uh, 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. So it uh, was it six, 16 years now. So coming back, it, it was something I needed to latch on to and keep the keep the the repentance, the reconciliation, the redemption, and the renewal going. I, I needed that so much, and I, when I felt that I was in a safe place, I could say what I well not say what I wanted, but share with them and, and not being inhibited by they're gonna the bulges am I gonna be am I gonna be asked to leave later on maybe <laughs> maybe maybe behind my they're going by over here and say hey maybe we got a guy for you maybe you want him instead <laughs> but no this this fraternity St. Thomas More has been my family but that that being being a trans being a secular Franciscan it's been a spiritual blessing Spiritual nourishment, keeping me spiritually healthy. I mean, I, I, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the vice minister of my fraternity. <laughs> Wonderful. I was minister um, a couple of years ago, uh, and so the, the, the whole family has been a family. I loved. I'm cared for. Or you, you, you need prayers. You need to talk. Uh, I can call any of them at any time. Uh, mm-hmm. That goes with my Kairos family. Uh, I'm just so blessed, Paul. Yeah, I think you know, and uh, I, I'll, I'll second what you're saying because I my experience with with the Franciscans is exactly the same as as what you are. It's it's sort of that um, unconditional acceptance, which kind of brings us all together, um, which basically is how Francis lived. Um, you know, accepting and and going on from there. Uh, if somebody is listening to this, I think I shared with you earlier uh, before we started recording this that you know one of the one of the things I I really want this podcast to be is you know a way of letting people know you know who the secular Franciscans are. Um, Mary Stronic, you mentioned Mary earlier when I did a podcast with Mary Stronic. She calls the secular Franciscans the best kept secret of the Catholic Church. And I think that's very true. You know, people don't know who we are. So if somebody was interested in in maybe exploring uh the, the secular Franciscans, what would you tell them to do? I'm I was approached by a resident in my building asking me the same question. Uh and she and I'm I'm gonna invite her to one of our meetings. What I would tell them is that it's a it's a place where it's a place about as you mentioned uh, the word barrel phrase you use unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's a place where uh, I set aside not that it doesn't exist, but I set aside all the anxiety. I set aside all the problems and the the, the noise, and I find my peace. Uh, there's a place and you may have heard of it yourself in Cuba, New York. Mount Arenas. Mm-hmm. It's a Franciscan retreat. On the highest hill on, on that mountain is their, is their church, their chapel. On the chapel door, it's, it reads, Be still and know that I am God. Paul, I was up there numerous times 
winter, spring, summer, fall. Each time, I the first time I went up, all I saw was be still. I didn't see the rest of that. I went up a couple of, uh, again, uh, over and over again, and pieces kept falling in. The last time I was there, just a few years ago, be still and know that I am God. I go, oh my gosh, there it is. Be still and know that mm -hmm. I am God. If you want stillness, you want peace, There, it's in within the second Franciscan. If I may get away from that for a second, sure. what has really followed me also was the uh, 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 piece of scripture from Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans I have for your future. And I didn't at the time when I was being released. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I, what was going on. I didn't know where I was going to go. I mean, where I knew I was going to go. I didn't know what was going to happen after my release. And the thing, and then further on, it mentioned in Jeremiah 29 and 11, uh, verse 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And what being a second Franciscan has done was show me how to seek him with all my heart. Wonderful. Because I, I, I question, I question my, okay, what's next? Where are you? I wasn't doing it with all my heart. Yep. So that, yes, that, that's, that's, that together it has been my, uh, keeping my feet on the ground and helping me 20 years now, Paul. Yeah. So I was so, never out longer than 20 days. Yeah. So, so Don, um, I know that uh, we we've been going on for a while now. Uh, <laughs> you, your story has been so fascinating, um, and I know that you have the book out, which I told folks about earlier. Um, is the title of the book is is from felon to secular Franciscan, and I'm sure my listeners by now can tell where that title came from. But Don, <laughs> how is there? How would people get a hold of that book if they were interested, or is there a way to well, do that? Well, there is. It's, it's on Amazon. Okay. And what recently uh, a fraternity member in my group told me that when she types in the, uh, the word friend, Franciscan, my book comes up. Oh, wonderful. But it, it's under a, it's under a pen name. And I in the beginning, when I first, when, before the book was even published, I, I, uh, it was a good idea for me to uh, protect my privacy. Not for my sake so much, but for my my, my family. Uh, come at me if you will, but leave my family alone. Mm -hmm. So uh, I asked for I asked for uh, anonymity. I, I asked for privacy for, for my family, and that's why the book is written under a pen name, uh, Donald J. Bassett. So for for all my listeners. Um, the, all the information that, that Don has been giving you with the name of the book and his pen name in that. I just want to let you know that when I, when I publish this uh, podcast, all that, the, the book's name and the uh, pen name will be on my website where I put the, uh, where I put the podcasts. So you don't have to run around trying to find a pencil and all that stuff. I'll, I'll have it all right there for you. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention very, very quickly for my readers is We've been talking, you know, back and forth about the secular Franciscans, and um, I, I don't know of other people's experience, but I've shared this story about a hundred times. 
But my experience was it was very difficult for me to find information on the on the seculars. And um, so I, I, I always like to say there is a there's a phone number, which is the easiest thing in the world to do. And it, it does work well. Um, and it, all you have to do is dial 1-800-FRANCIS. And that is going to put you in touch with a national uh, answering uh, group who will be able to direct you to, you know, a local fraternity. Our, our groups are called a fraternity um, and able to direct you to a local fraternity where, you know, you can have a, a, a you know, a name and a phone number, or you can even give them your name and phone number and they'll pass that on. Uh, to the person um, and have them give you a call. So that's the easiest way I have found other than going on the computer. If you go on the computer and put in secular Franciscans, you're going to be inundated with all kinds of information, but, and it's all good information, but that's the easiest one, 800 Francis. And um, I wish I had known that when I was starting my search, uh, it would have been made life so much easier, uh, but that's, that's the way to find that. Um, Don, I am so glad that you decided and consented to be on on the podcast today. Um, I'm I'm very very complimented, I guess is the best way to say it, um, that you've been willing to sort of, I guess, break your um, your anonymity um, to be with us. People already, I mean, anybody who's in the area who knows the fraternities in the area already knows where, where St. Thomas More fraternity is. Um, but thank you for being willing and being open enough to share all that information, you know, as. I look back on my life and I'm really, I, I still want the change. I still want to go forward. I don't want to take one step forward, two steps back. I, I, I can't afford that. I'm not doing life on the installment. I'm out here to stay and stay. I will. By the grace of God. Well, Don, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, boy, you have a powerful message to give, and I'm I'm glad you decided to share it with with my audience. So, thank you very much for being with us, Don. Thank you for having me, Paul. Well, the music means that our time together is at an end. I would like to thank you for walking with me today. It's been a great blessing. All of the information about the podcast is available on the website, ourwalktogether.com. Please invite your friends to also listen. You are the best advertisement. And so, until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you his peace.